0: It's the Exit 52 podcast, the only Baltimore podcast that features a Tennessee Titans fan. And that becomes very relevant this week as the Baltimore Ravens take on the Tennessee Titans. We'll jump into a bunch of things here throughout the show. A little Masters talk, maybe a little Terps talk, maybe a little Wizards talk for the first time on this show. But we start with the Baltimore Ravens coming off a disappointing loss to the New England Patriots. It's me, Taylor Smythe, my guy Banks, RDT, bringing the Titans' perspective today. Can the Ravens rebound in the face of not only a disappointing loss, but also the disappointment of what happened last year at m and Bank Stadium in the playoffs? RDT, you watch this Tennessee Titans team more than either me and Banks or anybody probably that's listening to the show. <laughs> so break down this matchup from the Titans' perspective, also coming off a loss. Let's start it off that way, and then we'll jump into all the Ravens' storylines. But when you look at the Titans coming into this game, what are they seeing in front of them in terms of this Ravens' team? Uh,
1: I think the offensive line and Derrick Henry are absolutely drooling at the fact that Brendan Williams and Calais Campbell are probably out. I know it's not set in stone yet. Um, But again, I mean, if we saw what New England did on Sunday night, and they're not even a run – they don't jump off the pages. He was like, they're going to punch you in the mouth and run the ball. And that's exactly what they did on Sunday night. Um, I mean, hell, if, if they're, if they were breaking off runs like that, God only knows what Derrick Henry could do. Um, and I know, you know, we, we saw what he did in the second half in the game in January. And, and I mean, if they can, I, I told Jeremy Kahn this tonight on the radio, I said, if he's, if he's up around 23, 24 carries, I mean, he'll be sniffing 175, 200 yards maybe. And, and it, it'll be, you know, I mean, th- th- it's, it's going to be the game that they want to play again, that they played in January. If you keep the ball out of Lamar's hands, you know, you, you limit his, you, you limit the weapon that he is. And I think it can work out well for the Titans. Obviously, I think we're going to see a lot more points scored because again, the def- neither defenses are Baltimore's defense as a whole, I think is pretty good, but it seems like the last couple of weeks, they've, have, they've, they've kind of been shakier. Um, I don't know. It'll be, again, I I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than we're used to with these two teams. Um, It's, it's going to be interesting for sure. Like I said, the Titans can't stop freaking Philip rivers, just dinking and dunking down the field. Um, Obviously the, you know, the Patriots, I don't know how much they stopped the Ravens on, on Sunday night, as much as number one, the Ravens stopped themselves, which we talked about the Mark Ingram and the wildcat and, and some of the plays, but, but the rain too. So I don't know. I mean, it, Again, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Lamar has a really good game and a bounce-back game. But, um, I mean, the secondary is right for the picking for the Ravens, and if they can get back on track, then, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me to see them win. But uh, it, it, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting game, and I'm, I'm excited for it.
2: That was a pretty long uh, synopsis, but it sounds like you touched on just about everything. The thing that just sickened me as you continued to talk about it was I just sat here and just thought about being up in section 528. And you said, Derrick Henry, 150 yards, 175 yards. And I'm just thinking about what I watched last year. And I was just starting to have nightmares. <laughs> I got like, seriously uh, flashbacks. And I just had that. Um, what a rest of development. Uh,
1: George Michael walking with the. Hello <laughs> darkness,
2: my old friend. <laughs> My brain is absolutely noodle right now. I'm absolutely no, mush is, up, upstairs. But so, you know, forgive me for trying to find some words as I'm talking here. But um, oh boy, do I want this one? I want a bad. Mostly because I'm just so unsatisfied with the way that Sunday went. And I, I need something bad here. The Colts win this. The Colts this win during Hate Month here is the only win we've got, and it's probably the one that was the most whatever to me going into the month. I haven't got my rocks off against the Steelers. I didn't get my rocks off against the uh, the Patriots, and I'm just sitting here with blue balls, like wanting revenge in the worst way. God damn it! Did Sunday night suck? How many times did I say that on the podcast? Sucked. A
0: bunch of times.
2: I have had a good 36 hours or so, 48 hours, to really think about things and contemplate. I said I was going to take some time to contemplate and think about this football team. I refuse to move the goalpost on the 2020 Baltimore Ravens. I'm not budging. This Ravens team is too good, too good to be losing ugly football games to a trash team like the 2020 New England Patriots. They are lucky as hell not to be 2-8 and eight right now. They should have lost the last two games, and they're 4-5 and five now with life. And now I have to sit and hope that the New England Patriots make the playoffs so we can make that right. I'm, I have to root for the Patriots the rest of the season. <laughs> I hope they make the playoffs, and I hope the Ravens draw them in some way. I, right now that's a long shot because they have to host a game. Because the Patriots are not going to win their division. I mean, mm. they're not going to win their division. Dolphins the may win that division. Have a very uphill battle. Yes, the Dolphins very well might. The Dolphins are good, and mm-hmm. I think everyone's had that same conclusion. I, my roommate is a Dolphins fan. For some goddamn reason, I told him in week two, week three, Dolphins are good. You know, they weren't. They didn't get off to a hot start, but they finished strong last year with a. Dog shit roster. Mm-hmm. Dog well, shit. Flores is charter. a damn good coach. And Brian Flores made them into something. He is a good football coach. And that is a good 90 seconds to two minutes on the Dolphins there that just <laughs> took me way off my tangent about the Ravens. The Ravens, we're going to figure this thing out. The Nick Boyle thing is the thing that I'm concerned about most as it relates to Sunday. We're going to have a full week of practice. Matt Bouquet is going to get in there in the middle and he's going to get some reps. We're going to have a game plan we pretty much drafted a guy like Malik Harrison in order to answer for Derrick Henry's of the world. And we're going to figure this thing out. Lamar Jackson is too good of a quarterback and he actually played a pretty good game, save for the the interception before half. I think he's turning a corner. I think he's going to start to light it up. And I think that these guys are going to be pissed off. They're going to be hungry. I'm hungry. I need to, I need to feed on the flesh of the Tennessee Titans. I need a bad,
0: I, th- I think it's it was worth bringing up um, that Dolphins situation and the ability to potentially play the Patriots because now a- a- as we enter you know these double digit weeks of the season you start now looking at you know we're, we're starting to see the first remnants of the playoff picture graphics um, as we as we watch on TV the Ravens right now would end the season as the seventh seed in the AFC, which is bizarre to say because there are now these two extra playoff teams, the eighth, and there may be more as, as as analysts continue to speculate on broadcast about how there could just be more playoff teams just randomly added. I don't know how that's going to work. So you wow. are
2: getting the blood flowing for me here, Taylor. Nobody plays better than the Ravens when people doubt them. When they get their, these situations where they're in the hole and they're the underdog and they're chasing teams in the standings, they fight hard and they find a way. This is going to be one of John Harbaugh's greatest, greatest masterpieces this season. And I cannot wait to see how these next few weeks go. I mean, once we clear these two games, I'm still optimistic that we are going to win this game and win in, in Pittsburgh and ruin their little party. And we're going to be right there. We're going to be well on our way with our, our cakes. Schedule the rest of the season, we're going to put the Browns in their place and we're going to be well on our way.
0: So you, uh, hopefully we are well on our way at that point, <laughs> because that would make this playoff situation look a little bit better and not be one of these seven seeded teams. Now I say that because Tennessee both have the same record, the Ravens and Tennessee at six and three. So now you're looking at tiebreakers and things like that. Now, if you want to get all the way back to the Steelers, that would be great, but they currently have a three game lead. So that's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. So realistically you're trying to up your seeding in terms of the lower ranked divisional winner opponent that you want to face at this point. The other division leaders right now are the chiefs, the bills, and the Colts who have the Ravens have already beaten. When I look at this matchup specifically, and, and you touched on it, Banks, the, the Derrick Henry thing certainly brings back nightmares. I was sitting very close to you uh, for that game in M&T M- M- Bank Stadium, and it was brutal. It, w- it was brutal to watch. And I don't know if this Ravens team with the injuries is set up well again to stop him. I mean, we saw Damian Harris pretty much do whatever he wanted with a very solid Patriots offensive line against a Ravens front four that was really banged up and looks like it is going to be continued, um, continually banged up as we have through the next few weeks. With that said, the linebacker additions will help. The Ravens are going to be able to hopefully deal with a monster in A.J. Brown, who I love and drafted in like four fantasy leagues this year because I think he's great and going to be potentially greater as he goes through his career. He was quiet last Thursday, Um, so hopefully the Ravens can continue to keep him quiet. The Ravens are six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. I've seen six as well. That feels right. Um, based on how the Titans have looked lately defensively, and Lamar and the offense need to get off to that good start. I, I brought up that stat in the instant analysis about the first, you know, first drives of the game. The Ravens need to punch a team in the mouth, um, and and that, that's got to start this weekend. They can't come out and do this thing, and it kind of pushes the rock down down the hill when everyone gets nervous because they, you know, they punt on no, – they gotta really, really punch Tennessee in the mouth after Tennessee did that to them with Derrick Henry last season. So, I think that's where I look for the Ravens here. They've got to. It's so cliche, but they've got to start fast in this game. I and mean, again, they, I mean, if you look back
1: at the playoff game, what what got the Ravens off track was that interception from Lamar and the tip exactly. So it's yep. Andrews. And and they, I mean, like you said, it's cliche, but yeah, they they the coming from behind thing. It's like that was a thing last year. And once the Titans, they, they scored on that, on that drive, I believe it was, I mean, it was an uphill battle. And, and again, they just couldn't climb back. So, I mean, and like you said, you talked about it last year, how good they were all last year scoring on that first
0: drive. And it just hasn't been there. I don't think as much as last year. No, not at all. Not even close. I mean, they were score. I think it was 11 of 16, you know, first drives of the game. And then, and this year it is it is not that. And I think any Ravens fan that's watching these games doesn't need me to tell them that um, it is just clearly not as proficient at the beginning of the game. And against a team like the Titans, where if they're you know both teams are going to run the ball a lot and play ball control football to a certain extent, the possessions are not you're not going to have a ton of possessions here. So you've got to take advantage of when you get them. Um, this Tennessee team is is obviously coming off a tough loss to the Colts. That was a huge divisional game. I don't need to tell you that. RDT, you you knew how big that game was in the AFC South race. And they there will look for a win this week and look to get back right against a Ravens team. that maybe feel like they have their numbers after last year. Um, and we'll see how Ryan Tannehill plays in this game. Um, I did not think he was great last week on, on Thursday. Um, he has kind of been, I think a little bit of a roller coaster in what I've watched the Titans this year. Um, and we'll see if the Ravens defense can get after him a little bit. You need to unleash Yannick Ngakwe a bit. If you're the Ravens this week,
1: I totally forgot he was even on the team like on Sunday's game, I, someone mentioned him like Monday morning and I was like, Holy hell. Like I didn't, I and I know Cam wasn't, and he's not the traditional passer, and he's not sitting back there throwing 50 times a game, but I was like, I didn't, I don't think I heard his name called once that night. I mean, it was, it was, it was, yeah, very, I think I, he's just still getting up to speed a little dinged up.
3: Mm-hmm. So they just got, yeah, you know, he,
2: he was never really going to be much of a factor in that game as much yeah. because, because he's not a traditional five or seven stop, drop quarterback. He, mm-hmm. he, you know, he threw 18 times. Yeah. So that's only 18 opportunities for him to get. And then Belichick does a great job of taking guys away. And I think that's why we saw Judon make a few plays there. Um, but he did, it did feel like he was a bit non-existent, which is, you know, it's, it's discouraging. But I think with uh, Lawan out, um, he, he's going to have an opportunity to, to make some plays here on Sunday.
1: And that's what I was going to kind of say to Taylor, where the last couple of games, I think the, the first game that Lawan missed fully was that Steelers game. And again, that was one on, you know, CBS, everyone saw it. And, and so, yeah, he's Tannehill has been on the run since then. He hasn't really, cause again, I mean, you lose your, your pro bowl left tackle, you're going to have some problems. Um, and, and so he's, they're still trying to feel out, you know, that, that, that backup left tackle and hopefully they can, again, this isn't with can't with Calais and Williams out, that could be a little bit of an easier job, but yeah, it's still not, it's, it's not great. And, the only thing I'm also thinking of, obviously it's on the Titan side is they had that mini bye week as opposed to the Ravens are Ravens are in a tough stretch right now. Like you said, hate, hate month is, is in full effect and they got to, obviously they're not going to think about that Steelers game, but they got, they got another short one coming up that week. So it's um, the, the mini bye definitely helps the Titans. So I just, they've just got to take advantage
0: of that. Obviously, coming into this game, you have some good history between the Ravens and the Titans that doesn't get talked about a ton because they've been moved out of the, the separate divisions. Um, used to be old AFC Central rivals from 96-01 to 01 before they realigned everything. Um, and obviously, the famous Ravens highlight is, is, is Ray Lewis ripping the ball out of Eddie George's hands and taking it back for a touchdown. But 12-12, and 12, these two teams all time. So uh, a really sort of fun under the radar AFC rivalry that just doesn't have the, the juice because these teams don't play each other enough for it to have a ton of juice. And there's no really regional aspect to it, um, but there's some good history, especially for, you know, a Titans team that has been in Tennessee since that mid nineties around the same time the Ravens um, moved to Baltimore from Cleveland. So um, some good history that I'm sure we will see showcased on the broadcast uh, prediction time, RDT, your team versus the team, that you live around fans of really interesting pick for you. I mean, this could be bad for you. So I
1: had said after Sunday night, I think I I was on record at saying 44, 14 Ravens. Um, Wow. I've I've come off the ledge a little bit. I think, I mean, just to throw a wrench in it. Like, like I said, I think the, I think that the extra days off the mini bye week, I think that will help. I'll go, I'll go 31, 24, Titans. Just, uh, I'll, I'll be. Not a bad pick. I'll, I'll rock the two tone blue on here because, again, I don't. People say they, they don't know why I was a Titans fan. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll mix it up. A why, little. why are you a Titans fan? So long story short, this is
2: what I want to get into. I wanted to make him the interview pretty much. We can do that. Like, tell your well, story, okay. No,
0: yeah, we'll, we'll, no, we'll get it after this. Get your pick in, Banks. I'll get my we'll 27
2: 17. It's on. Ravens or Titans? Titans, right. Ravens come on well, you know
0: you get that yeah <laughs> as a professional you, did you hear
2: did you hear the way I started this well, podcast you
0: got to make sure the pick is signed sealed, delivered so RDT can write it down oh, they're coming I crazy. will pick the Baltimore football Ravens 27 to 24 against the Tennessee football titans um, on Sunday at MT Bank Stadium. But I think this is this is going to be a close game. I, I, I have a hard time seeing the Ravens stopping the run in this game. I I just based on what I saw last week, that middle, unless those guys step up, is going to be um, advantageous to Mr. Henry and the Tennessee offensive line. With that said, As we've talked about on this show, and I feel like never truly explained, uh, obviously me and Banks, tried and true Ravens fans for our entire lives, you RDT ET are such an enigma because you are (laughs) one of the biggest Orioles fans I know. But on the other side, you were for the Tennessee Titans in football. So how did this come to be? How could you be so committed to one Baltimore bird and so against another? So growing up,
1: my mom is from Pittsburgh, right outside of Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, so so there we go. Um, Sorry to hear that. And my dad is from Long Island, um, Massapequa, lived right down the block from Jerry Seinfeld's dad's real diner. Not a big deal. There you go. Um, and so growing up, it was always, you know, you don't have to root for our team, but don't root for the rivals. So, again, I mean, I had friends who were Ravens fans. I had friends who were Redskins fans. And I was like – and I've always kind of been like – if my buddy roots for one thing, I'll I'll pull for the other, for the opposite. So I kinda had some of that in there. Um was ten years old, popped on an NFL game, and it was it was a Titans game. It was during that ninety nine season, and I like I love that two tone blue. I love the the light blue and the and the darker blue. Um love Steve McNair, Eddie, uh Frank Wychek, Derek Mason, Samara Roll, like Frank
0: Wycheck, Turp.
1: Ter- he was a quarterback. People forget that in Maryland. Turp. And um just fell in love with them and that was the year that they went to the super bowl and and you know i mean the music city miracle was amazing and on glenn clark's show today uh, they they actually surprised me and had kevin dyson call up so talking to kevin dyson about that was pretty cool um we 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 also you guys are like this we asked him why he didn't follow suit with steve and samari roll and Derek mason that one year they all came over and he said he had already signed in carolina but, yeah, I mean, it was so – I mean, I have a an Eddie George – I probably have 15 Titans jerseys, and my Eddie George one, I I must have wore four days a week in middle school. And <laughs> it is the most faded thing you've ever seen. And so, you know, I had good back and forth with friends in middle school and high school and all that, and I was just known as the Titans kid. So, again, it was – it could have been the Steelers. And, again, I get texts from my cousins all the time, like, hey, you know, could have been celebrating another Super Bowl by now, and, and you know, if, if you, you came over to the dark side. But I – uh I decided to branch out a little bit more and, and, and like you said, I mean, they've had some, they've had some great rivalries. Those games were amazing. The wild card game. in I think 2004, maybe the Anthony Wright playoff game, like that was a classic uh, Gary Anderson, Justin. Yeah, like right. those, those guys. I, I, mean, I
2: sat even with the crossbar, like along the sidelines and I saw just how much that ball cleared the field posts. Like, oh, the by, crossbar. It was like a forty-five-yard kick. Specks of dust. Everything he had. Yeah, he.
1: I mean, like, he was forty-six-year-old like, leg. He was like forty-five years old at that. He yeah. had the gray one-bar face mask. Like that's how. That's he how was old the, the guy's
2: Grandfather. Yeah. With the one bar.
1: Um. But yeah, I mean, and again, I know they that some of the games the last couple years. I, I think the last time they played before the playoff game was the the twenty-one nothing Was it eight, 11 sacks? In
2: Nashville? I think it was eleven. Like, everybody got in. Even, like, uh, I think Kamalai Correa had a sack in that game.
1: And I think I think there was, like, a rule that, like, if you live in Baltimore, you have to go down to Nashville for that game because mm-hmm. everyone I knew was, was down in Nashville that weekend. Just an easy trip. Yeah. And, again, it's, like, everyone I've talked to – and that, that was another thing that made the rivalry great was, like, I anyone I know from Baltimore who's gone down to Nashville has been, like, oh, it's the best. I love it. Like, we show up to the tailgate lot not knowing anyone and we're, we're – taking shots with everyone and they're all Titans fans and, but everyone's super nice down there. I've never been to Nashville. So like, I I don't, I have that going for me. I, you can, people always get on me about that. Um, but I, I think my, my first NFL game was Titans Ravens in like 2000, Ed Reed's rookie year. I saw his first uh, punt block. He, I think that was the only touchdown of the game. He blocked a Craig Hendricks punt and, uh, think they, they won like 13 to, to nine or something like that the Ravens did so it's been a good good rivalry good some good games and again I kind of expect another another good one uh, this Sunday
0: yeah it has been an awesome an awesome under the radar rivalry as I talked about before and and there's just so many notable titans over the years especially from that era with mcnair it was such just an awesome i mean he was an amazing to watch at times and eddie george was such a great player samari roll has one of the great names in nfl history oh i love it i love it <laughs> uh i was always i loved samari roll i just thought that was such a cool name once the he signed esteemed Michael Roll Maven. family the esteemed mm-hmm. first family a, of football cornerbacks Esteemed, esteemed role family who is your favorite titan of all time it's eddie, it's eddie
1: george
2: i thought you were gonna ask who's your favorite role of all time <laughs>
1: uh we, we <laughs> can talk roll. about that C- after uh, but
3: i'll
2: go cinnamon roll for that oh
1: oh there you go okay switch it up um all no right. i mean i um, I'll, I'll go eddie i think eddie's always eddie's always been again i mean i had i had five of his jerseys i had his posters all over all over my room and i mean i remember i was just telling jeremy on air i i think i cry i watched that, that playoff game at like a best buy for, of course, my dad took me to best buy that day. And I remember watching Al Del Greco miss those kicks, like in a best buy, like on 15 screens right in front of me. And I think I just like burst out into tears. So, but yeah, I mean, that, that wasn't a great, it wasn't a great play by Eddie. They had the, uh, Eddie kind of got Ray back and, and no one really likes to talk about that in that other playoff game or Eddie slammed them a little bit, but uh, you know, obviously the Ravens mm-hmm. got that last laugh and um but yeah, I'll go. Eddie's always been, and I hated how the Titans did Steve to end his Titans career. And so, like, I didn't, I didn't not root for. I, I was pulling for him in Baltimore. So like, I was happy with that thirteen and three year. I thought that was really cool to see. And and, um, you know, they just couldn't score in that playoff game against uh, the Colts. No, they couldn't
2: score. I think for you, for anyone's money, I don't think you're gonna find a better divisional season between two teams that play their two regular season games real close and just absolute slobber knockers and then face off in the playoffs and just settle it there. Like I don't think you'll find any three games series between any two rivals in football history as good as, the, as that 2000 season.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I, I go back and I've watched that game in 2000 the playoffs and – um, both teams, I think, drove down the field and scored a touchdown early as they were kind of feeling each other out. And then from there on, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure Derek Mason died on that field. He was, he was dead for a good couple minutes there. And then he was back on the next drive. <laughs> it was just football in 2000 was a different animal.
1: Oh, it was, I mean, it was, it's funny. Cause like they always show the like, Oh, here's the CBS intro from 1999. And it's like, every one of those players would be arrested for the hit they laid, like even like the old <laughs> Madden intros they used to show. It's like that the yeah. guy has a broken neck and you put him on the, the intro to Madden. So, yeah, I mean, it's those games, they were always, they were hard hitting. And, and again, it was like you had the defense going up against the, the the big running back. And I mean, again, the, just those matchups they had were, were great. They
0: were so much fun to watch. One um, of the, I think forgotten games of the rivalry is the 13, 10, uh, divisional huh. game, um, in the 2008, 2009 season. He didn't which,
2: want to bring that up. That was the first
0: <laughs> night I ever blacked out, which I believe I missed for a senior year of high school speech and debate tournament. So If you want to make fun of that, <laughs> go, go right ahead. Go. Here are some of the names in that game. I'm just going to, these are in, this is in the Wikipedia, oh, yeah. uh, Wikipedia recap. I'm just going to name the names here. <laughs> Matt Stover, Joe Flacco, Kerry Collins, Chris Mm -hmm. Johnson, Justin Gage. Led the Titans in receiving yards. Derek Mason, Samari Roll, Lendell White, Jim Leonard, Mark Clayton, Rob Baronis, Fabian Washington, (laughs) Algie Crumpler. Todd heap are all named in this Wikipedia recap. Did you, did you say Chris you, Johnson too? Did you say Chris, Chris Johnson? Oh Chris yeah, Chris Johnson. sure did thunder and lightning with Linda white. I mean, that is just a sensational group of Ravens names specifically. Mark Clayton, Fabian Washington, and Jim Leonard all mentioned in one recap. That's tremendous. I mean, what, what a bunch of absolute Ravens greats. People forget Not, about, people forget about Fabian Washington. That
2: was the Guinea Top yeah. 10 pick.
0: Yeah. Oh, for the Raiders, right? Is he?
1: Yeah, the Raiders. Speed, see, guys, yeah. speed, yeah. Guys, speed yeah, guy, speed guy. Very course, fast, of course. He was
0: in the Hayward Bay era of, mm-hmm. the, of the selections area. Yeah. But that was the
1: game <laughs> the that – pre-
2: uh, The Al Davis.
1: The speed, yeah. But Chris Al Johnson Davis, had a Raiders. sprained ankle that game, going into that game. And that was the only time I ever thought Ed Reed was a scumbag because Chris Johnson was gashing them. And Ed Reed literally grabbed his ankle, twist it, and picks him up out of a pile, like for no reason. Messed up his ankle, and that was, that was basically the game right there. That and Todd Heap kept making that that big catch when they were the the zeros were on the play clock for at least three seconds, just like late in the fourth. And then Stover with that uh, Stover with that dagger. But yeah, that was that was the very first night I ever blacked out.
0: Wow, uh, Lendo White that season seven hundred and seventy three yards rushing, fifteen
2: touchdowns. Ooh yeah, fifteen.
0: A lot of
1: tequila. I mean, that's
2: what you get when you get that sort of disparity between the two backs. And by the way, he's
0: out of the league a year later. What a (laughs) career. I mean, what a career. He runs for 1,100 yards in 2007, follows it up with a 15-touchdown season, runs for 222 yards on 3.5 yards per carry the next year out of the league. What a four-year career for the national champion from USC.
1: He went to Denver and I think, like, failed a drug test, like, immediately. Like, first-week OTAs or something. And then he just, I mean, he never got back into someone's. I think he may have even tried out for like Seattle because Pete Carroll was there, I think, at that point. And even he was like,
0: nah, we're good. Uh, signed with Seattle, uh, got released after he failed a drug test. Okay. Pandemics um, up then. Or it was rumored that he failed a drug test. Then signed with Denver and tore, oh, okay. Achilles, tore his Achilles tendon in a Ooh. preseason game. And that will end. That will end a career.
2: That's w- what it was. One of the all time sidekicks, Lindell White.
0: Uh, also a good nickname for that. Uh, not thunder and lightning. Do you remember what it was? Oh yeah.
1: Smash and dash. Smash and dash is tremendous. They were, that was great. I mean, they were, they had the one game in Kansas city where they, I think they both had hundred rushing yards against Detroit on Thanksgiving. Um, and then they had a game against Kansas city where like Chris Johnson had like his 85 yard touchdown and they both came out and they played. That's when they had like the drum set and bongos in the end zone. And they like jumped into the stands and were playing bongos, and it was—I those two were so much fun to watch. It was, it was amazing. They they were because again, when you have Kerry Collins, you
0: you got to run the ball, and they they ran the hell out of the ball. I have to quickly touch on some of the quarterbacks I'm reading about here in the 2008 2009 playoffs. <laughs> Uh, Chad Pennington played for the Dolphins against the Ravens in the wild card round. In another wild card round, uh, Donovan McNabb's Eagles took on Tavares Jackson's Minnesota Vikings. RIP, uh, right? In a, in a divisional – yeah, RIP to Tavares Jackson. That's very true. In a divisional game between the Cardinals and the Panthers, it was Jake DeLome versus Kurt Warner. I mean, th- this is not that long ago. This is like 12 years ago. <laughs> I guess that's kind – of, I guess it's over a decade. So that's kind of a long time. But it's just amazing how the, the quarterbacks uh, flip as you, as you kind of – Kind to of go through here. Um, so yeah, Tim Hightower was apparently playing for Arizona. I'm sure everyone had him on their fans. Rich- Richmond
3: Spider, right?
0: Richmond Spider. Yeah. Richmond Spider won the national championship with Mike London. Then went to Virginia. Then had a cup of coffee with the Terps as an assistant coach under DJ Durkin. It's just, I awesome. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He was there for Mike London was there for a year.
1: Oh, oh, I thought I thought you meant Hightower was coaching. Oh, oh Hightower would be great. Yeah, I remember oh, Mike I London. Yeah. Hightower
0: is a coach. Well, I don't know what Tim Hightower is doing right now. Maybe we he ended up team. on the Redskins. He did end up on the Redskins. Maybe we can bring him on the podcast at some point to talk about. I don't know what we talked to him about, but we <laughs> we could we could have him on. So that's Ravens Titans talk. And now everyone knows who listens to the pod, Eric, why you root for the Titans, why that's your team, and and can understand. And it's actually fun that you root for a different team. And honestly, that we're not all aligned, because you bring a different perspective on the Ravens um than we do. You can you can be a little bit more um, even keeled about their performance because in the end, it doesn't really matter to you. It just no, matters what the Titans doesn't. do. And so, I don't drink coffee, so
1: it's not like I get free coffee if the if the Ravens win from Duncan or whatever. Yeah, so.
0: I also don't drink coffee. Oh, there you go. go. A couple a couple of no coffee. You drink Brian's coffee, a coffee guy. Banks? You a coffee guy?
2: I drink coffee here and there. I'm not a committed everyday coffee drinker, but when the time you know, a situation calls for it, I'm down for, for a little bit of coffee.
0: So that's that is Titans Ravens and that's Coffee talk on the exit 52 podcast. I'm more of a latte guy, latte Larry's. Ah, okay,
2: sure. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. It's good stuff. I'm not a coffee or. It's got good beans.
0: Not a coffee or a tea guy, pretty much at all. I I just I can't drink a lot of the caffeine. Um, just I get I just start bouncing off the walls. It's not very good. It's not very good. We will jump around talking about bounce. We will bounce around here to a couple other local sports topics. Obviously, Ravens one o'clock on CBS. Um, Announcers, I don't believe out. At that point, as we record here on a Tuesday, normally not out uh, as we checked last week, but I'm assuming this will be a, like an I and Eagle Charles Davis. Uh, that seems to be the type of crew uh, for this one. I haven't looked really much at the rest of the slate. Team. I was going to say,
1: I'm going to look at the slate now. And- uh, yeah, I'm trying and to pull it up right now.
0: You guys now. can, you guys can bring as we, as we, as we move through here. Um, games now back on CBS um, in the one o'clock window. Cause we are past a tradition unlike any other, the Masters on CBS, which ended on Sunday. Uh, We didn't get to do any of our Masters sort of recap on Sunday because everyone was in a bad mood, uh, especially Eubanks. So do you have any takeaways after we previewed the show a bit and talked about our experiences at Augusta National, you and me, uh, any takeaways other than Dustin Johnson being uh, the best player in the world?
2: Um, just another awesome golf tournament. Nobody puts on an event like Augusta National. Uh, Dustin Johnson came out and just, uh, I don't know that you could say he lapped the field, but he was just in complete control of the tournament pretty much from early Friday. At one point, he—he he, when he finished his first round, he got up to 700. He shot 65 in the tournament. Um, there were only five, 60 Five in the entire tournament and he had two of them one of them was to open the tournament so he got out there shot 65 because he had to finish on friday morning and then from there he was and he birdied the first two holes including challenging 11th hole at uh um an amen corner to move to nine under and he was up by two shots very early there and it looked like he was going to run away with it right then and there um and then the field kind of caught up and and you know the number two and number three players in the world, John Rahm and Justin Thomas were actually able to tie him going into the weekend um, early Saturday. And then he got out in front and just never let go. I mean, he was just Saturday, him hitting all 14 fairways was phenomenal. Um, I think he was pretty close to leading the tournament and Greed's hit and regulation. He was just tremendous. He's the number one golfer in the world for a reason. It's crazy. It's absolutely bananas that he only has two majors at this point. I feel like every time he wins a tournament the last couple of years, I would say, I can't believe that this guy has one tournament or one major so far. I thought and it look, was
1: like a mixed uh, mix, mix up when they said that. I was like, "There's no, there's no way. that's." But
2: he's like in that the problem. mix. He's on the leaderboard so many times in all these majors. He has 11 top fives now.
3: Mm. That's
2: crazy. I think he has five runner-ups, two wins, and he's got all these other top fives mixed in, and he's, I think, 19 top 10s. And majors so that's that's almost five years worth of majors where he is on the front page of the leaderboard that's incredible I mean that's when you talk about the best golfers this on this side of the century you've got Tiger you've got Phil you've got Dustin and then there's a decent size gap between those three and everybody else you can make a case that Roy McElroy is the next guy up. He has his four majors. He has a bunch of wins. He's won players championship, but he doesn't, his, the way he has not parlayed that early surge in his career to go get that fifth major has been nothing short of disappointing. And, you know, speed had his, you know, two or three years where he was awesome and Kepka has won his majors, but he's hardly won anything else. So, um, I think that's the conversation for me is like, where's Dustin Johnson starting to cement his place among the greats in golf history. And I think he's worked his way into the top 20. He's got 24 wins on tour in his career and he's uh, he, he, he may just start just reeling off major wins at this point. Awesome tournament by him.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. He was he was tremendous. It was awesome to have the Masters back. That is the type of analysis you can get from hashtag Golf Banks right there. And you did a wonderful <laughs> you did a wonderful job covering the tournament on Barstool Sports. I very as, much appreciate as that. As, every, as everyone read, um, and it was fun to continue to uh, to watch these sporting events come back in the middle of the fall and winter when they're not supposed to be, uh, but it was good to have the masters back and Dustin Johnson's a great golfer. As you said, probably needs to get a couple more majors on the docket to cement that legacy. Uh, but he is very, very good. And it was good to have that tournament back. We need some, I think mean, we need to get some Maryland golfers in this or some local golfers in this tournament. So we, we can have Fred some funk
2: more. and Denny McCarthy. is pretty much all you got. Yeah. This guy from, um, um, an Annap- when guy from Annapolis, this guy well, from Bethesda, Denny McCarthy.
1: Was a guy that for at Navy, I thought
2: too, right? Go for Navy. Maybe, maybe. Oh, uh, you're Billy Hurley. Yes, he yeah. went to Navy. Yeah, he's. I don't even know if he still has his Is tour he card. Still, he won yeah, the, uh, I, I just remember him being Quicken local loans, like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big story. He won the Quicken Loans when I think he was close to losing his tour card, and he won it and got another two years on tour. Mm. um that was probably 2016 or 2017 and so him winning the local tournament's always going to be big news around here yeah i i think uh, i, I think we inter- off the face of the earth
1: i think we interviewed him on like 105.7 when i was like doing friday nights there with jerry and yeah it was like oh that, that was the story it was like oh hometown guy and you know you were close to losing your card so that's why it that stuck out to me
2: well the- yeah no he was a story at the time i think one of the biggest stories i i don't know if you're looking to Seg, segue away from this, Taylor. But no, go Bryson right Shambo was a story going in. And he took the biggest L of anyone this weekend by a mile. Big L. The par 67 talk. That's I mean, you can't do that. Like, even if you are going to go out and do what people thought he was going to do, you still don't do that. I mean, you just stack the deck against you. I mean, I, I'm confident that nobody but Bryson himself was looking for that plug ball on three on Saturday. When he launched that, is, that high drive, it just, just absolutely smashed and vanished. Bryson and his caddy, and John Rom did not give a shit where that golf ball was, and uh, nobody found it. Nobody found it. That was pretty much the end for Bryson.
0: They did end up finding it. The uh, a security guard found it. I think the next group that came through, they found the ball. But hey, it. his his <laughs> stomach hurt. Okay, so yeah, he was dizzy. You know, cut him some slack. His stomach hurts. So what I was going to say in terms of local interest here is that maybe the X52 podcast will go on the road here to Caves Valley when the BMW Championship shows up there next year, which will have a stacked field as a FedEx Cup event. So that should be interesting to have a big-time PJ event.
2: um, Very, very excited for that. I've already signed up to be a volunteer. Actually, I'm hoping I am one of the people with the lasers that uh, (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> does whatever they do with the lasers in order to, uh, you know, put the shot tracker up there online for everybody to see what the distance is and how far the drives went and all that stuff. And if I can't do that, I just want to sit in a lawn chair with a couple of those little flags and uh, kind of wield the power as to whether anybody's going to find a Bryson to sh- a Shambo drive or not.
1: You don't want to be a quiet <laughs> guy? Uh, hold the sign up. Uh, I would take I would, that job. For I would sure. love to
0: be quiet guy. That would be great just
1: raising That's
2: up. Right. Raising you've, up got, this, you've got that down for sure.
0: Well, we, we, I mean, at times, you know, we're just joking around on the course. You and I will, will throw that up. I've seen you, you absolutely to, to, you know, the, the, the birds out there that are that are chirping during our swings yeah, I mean, kids on.
2: playing on the playground over there at They're lighthouse ridiculous. on 14.
0: One <laughs> of the things people didn't hear, there was like screaming going on at one point during the masters. It was very audible on TV. There was something off the grounds that was loud; that you could hear ah. very audibly for about a five-minute stretch. That was very interesting. After speech, been
2: losing their minds. I don't think that there is a busier fire department in the United States. The Augusta, the Augusta, Georgia fire department. There were sirens going every ten minutes out there. It was relentless, and like with the way that that place is built. With the hills, it it just – every noise echoes everywhere. So, um, hopefully they got those fires out. That's all I got to say about that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We will bounce over to a couple more uh, local sports topics here. Uh, Maryland sports is in a weird situation right now. At this point, as we record on Tuesday night, we do not know if there will be a football game on Saturday. They are continuing to try to figure that out. When we did last week's show, we did a great preview for the game against Ohio State. As you said before the show, RDT measuring stick. We talked about all this different stuff and then the game did not happen. And all that talk was irrelevant. I hope st- people still enjoyed it. Hopefully, When you hear this show on Thursday morning, there is a game on Saturday in College Park. Obviously, health and safety of athletes and staff is the most important thing. Not going to play if that's not the, uh, the case. But a very winnable game for the Terps, who are a favorite against Michigan State. Um, despite all of what's going on. Um, so hopefully that can be played. But I'm more interested in talking about Maryland basketball, which I know is of interest to many people who live in the Baltimore area and then the general Maryland area that listen to this show, um, coming off of a Big Ten championship season. By the time you listen to this again, Baltimore native Jalen Sticksmith will have been drafted by somebody. We don't know. He will have been drafted by and that's where we'll put it in when the show comes. fill in the blanks, yep. Fill in the blanks right there. Um, but it'll be fun to watch not only a Maryland guy but a Baltimore guy um, head into the league. Um, hopefully sticks gets picked by a team that I can stand. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Right now he's mocked to the Heat, the Nets, the Celtics, a lot of Eastern Conference teams that are not wild about so we'll see. Well, you
1: you know what's going to happen is it's going to be one of those the 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 Hawks draft him. So he takes his picture with the Hawks hat and he's, his rights are traded to Portland and then Portland includes him in a deal for a twenty
0: thirty three first first and second and, <laughs> some, picks, like, some pick swaps yeah. protected. Yeah. The NBA's transactions are very hard to follow. It's one of the worst parts of what they do because the NBA has a great silly season, but all of the ruminations of what's going on yeah. is impossible for the casual fan to understand. The other thing is, and the thing that they have not figured out, and I just do not understand it, is make the trades official so they don't put on the other hat yeah I mean, this it's is very a very awkward problem it makes stuff look like bruno fernando sticks mm-hmm. a sixers hat on his head when you watch his draft thing and he he i mean he was there for 35 seconds
2: it, it just makes no sense yeah can it's, anybody it's, it's very can anybody weird. explain to me what a bird right is i was reading about
1: it and obviously i hear it come up i don't know well <laughs> enough to like Here's what it is. It is I,
2: I don't. I don't need you to explain. I've, I don't expect. So any essentially, what the hell is a bird right?
0: So essentially, bird rights. It's like bird law. It allows. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> of. It allows you to go over the salary cap to re-sign your own guy, and there are only certain players Just that get it. A franchise you have, to, tag. you have to be a veteran to have bird rights. So it's very i mean the nba has so much going on from the i understand it's the kind of
2: thing with the cba where you, mm-hmm. you make so veteran players a rule so I mean, that's why and I mean. then and then somebody has an issue with it and so you tweak it to appease that group and then there's an unintended consequence of making that so you have to appease another group and next thing you know you've got a tangle of all these rules and that's what i think of with the uh what the nba has they just have Tried to tweak everything where they've tweaked so much where nobody can follow what the hell is going on anymore.
0: They also do a lot of things to incentivize. If you've stayed for – you stayed – So like Giannis, Giannis is a good example coming up right now. Giannis can make the super max if he stays in Milwaukee to give a team like Milwaukee the chance to have the financial incentive that another team can't provide. And that's why you see a lot of these guys. If Giannis gets traded, he will – try. If he, I mean, who knows? I I think he may stay in Milwaukee and they just made the Drew Holiday trade. We're getting very into the weeds here. But if he gets the end of his deal, he will try to sign and trade so we can sign the Supermax and then get traded to another team so he retains that money. And then you see guys get rewarded for all NBAs and all-star appearances. I mean, there's so much going on. The NBA rumor that just came up that's interesting for this area that we'll quickly touch on before jumping back to Maryland Hoops with Sharks next week, Russell Westbrook for John Wall. How exciting would that be? Russell Westbrook. In the district, it seems kind of
1: like a lateral move, though. Like, I don't know if either team. Obviously, the Rockets. Who knows what they're doing? Because there's the James Harden, and he may go to Brooklyn or to Philly or to wherever he's going to go. But it's it seems like they're they may just be hitting the, the reset button and starting all over. But like, are the Wizards a better team with with Russell Westbrook than John Wall? Yes okay, I'll say yes because of the injuries. I mean John wall hasn't played in two years that's why I think it's if they offer that trade, you say yes right now because again John wall hasn't been healthy he's had two major injuries the last two years, and their contracts are actually very similar um they're neither of them are great i'll tell you that much but but both contracts are massive, and I was looking at them today. like I think they both make forty one million this year, like forty four next year. And I think
0: 47
3: the yeah. year
1: after
0: that. Um, it's insane. Westbrooks makes 41. In the twenty twenty-one season. He makes forty-four in the twenty-one, twenty-two season. He makes forty seven million in the final year mm-hmm. of his contract at age thirty-three, which is a gigantic contract. I think if you're the Wizards, you trade, if you know you're gonna have John Walls money on the books anyway, you are able to get a guy that you feel like can produce more, maybe keep Bradley Beal happy mm-hmm. in terms of winning. And you look at an Eastern conference where, you know, a Miami Heat team. That is incredibly well constructed. They did a fantastic job. The bubble, blah, blah blah blah. They had some things going their way, but the East is is vulnerable. I mean, it is. I mean, I mean, even with you bring a guy like Westbrook in, and you feel like Beal is ascending into this, you know, beautifully efficient jump shooting scorer. You know, maybe if you can get a third piece there, you maybe feel like you could get to an Eastern Conference Finals. And if you're the Washington Wizards, I mean, know, Wizards fans. Definitely- would kill for an Easter conference front. They'd kill for a second round. You You're know, in offense. such a weird spot with the wizards because you have a guy in Beal. That's never going to let you be bad enough to totally tank. And you mm-hmm. locked him in. So now you almost have to kind of go for it and see if you can get a Russell, Russell Westbrook. And then maybe Hashimura becomes a decent third banana. you could get someone in this draft where they have the 10th pick who can kind of start to fill the roles in there. I mean, that roster is not very good. <laughs> that wizard roster right now.
1: And if that's Wall, the thing. It, it's yeah. Wall's I mean, the roster, the roster isn't great. And, and that's the thing. It's like, is just a one for one or is it going to be wall, you know, you know, um, Rury, And then what's, his, what's a, uh, like a pick this year and a pick next year. Then it's like, okay, why are we mortgaging, you know, the, the future assets for like, like if they can hold on to those guys. And if it's a one for one, see you, John, thanks for everything. You've been great. Um, and then again, the, the other thing is if, if Beal, cause it, it's obvious now, like this is Bradley Beal's team. Like it's not John Walls. Yeah, it's Bradley um, Beal's team. It's Bradley Beal's team. And I know there's always been those rumors that they don't really get along. Um, I mean, if 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 Brad's on board with it, hey John, thanks for everything. We'll play your video when you come back. You can do the duck, you can do John Wall, you can do the Dougie, you can do it all. Like, thank you for <laughs> it's been ten great years. You were a great player, but I mean, Russell Westbrook, that I mean, he sells tickets. That that guy will you'll see that jersey everywhere.
0: Yeah, I think it would excite fans. It helps you retain Beal. Um, who just like who signed a two-year, uh, seventy-two million dollar extension?
1: <laughs> just insane numbers in the NBA. Uh, the
0: the money is the money is outrageous. I mean they've they've they did a good job in the last CBA, and they're about to um, they're going to have to renegotiate that thing soon too. So um, it should be interesting to see if Russell Westbrook comes um, to the Wizards. The other local basketball team of interest to us is the Maryland Terrapins, who will begin play next Wednesday. And Banks, you were just saying you haven't really engaged in thoughts about college basketball at this point, I can't really blame you with how weird everything has been. It's kind of gotten lost in the sauce that it's coming back. I'm still waiting for the tournament to start. I'm waiting (laughs) for the bracket. Where's the bracket at? Yeah, give me my selection Sunday. I'm still waiting, man. It stinks, man. It stinks.
2: I mean, we're going to get the tough draw with Kentucky, and it's going to suck. I'm going to be pissed about it, but I want to complain about it. I'm complaining about the bracket that should have been out nine months ago.
0: We were gearing up for such a fun run. Such a fun run. Ah, my bag was packed for the Big Ten tournament. It was packed. It was in my car. It was in my car. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we we did not get that. Anthony Cowan and Jalen Smith are gone from the Terps, pursuing professional opportunities. And now it's a Maryland team that's in a little bit of a transition Pretty much picked to be in the like nine to twelve range in the Big Ten this year, and a very good Big Ten where I think eight or eight seven or eight teams are ranked, including Rutgers, which is wild, um, in the preseason top twenty-five. Um, and Maryland starts next week is a cupcake non-conference schedule. Um, and as we were talking, me and Banks were talking about before the show, not really the time to bring as in- is tradition. As is tradition, but not also not not really the time to bring in good teams to play at home because you get no fans, so you so you don't want to start a home at home, the front end of a home at home because you don't get anybody. But yes, Maryland has also not scheduled unbelievably tough in the non-conference and the Old Dominion, Monmouth, Navy, George Mason uh, run they're about to go into here is not a LaSalle run. It's not going to make anybody more happy about the situation, but could be kind of a a fun Maryland team if if guys progress. Aaron Wiggins. Has the chance to break out. Um, Eric Ayala will kind of be will kind of run the show. Daryl Morcel, another Baltimore guy. It's just a it's just a toughest nails winner, who does everything you kind of want from a from that kind of guy. Plays defense, rebounds as you know as a guard. You know goes harder. he's just he's just a competitor and I think a good leader for a team that's young um, and is going to have some guys that are coming. Jarius ha- Jared. Jerry- jarius hamilton coming in and, and getting a waiver is big for the terps so what do we think about this what do you guys think about this i'm in this every day so i'm interested to hear. yeah if you, if you, you are out, in it every I day because there's in this not a lot day. of
2: information that's really gotten out there i mm-hmm. mean i i was pretty recently a season ticket holder for the terps i mean i'm a you know pretty big fan here and uh Losing the guys that they did obviously is discouraging and, and it makes you think like, okay, this, this is going to be kind of a down year, kind of a rebuild reload kind of year. Um, but there's still some pieces for sure. I mean, Marcel's got, got the, as much of a leadership quality as any guy we've had the last couple of years. And um, I really think Wiggins got disrespected a bit when that preseason Big 10 Teams came out. Did they go, what, two teams deep or three teams deep? They went two teams deep. Two te- he wasn't named on Perfect. it, and I thought that that maybe he, he deserved it. I mean, I, I don't know how much they build those teams off of hypothetical what we expect players to be, or this is a returning player who played well enough, and he's left over, and we're putting him on the team. Because he was very much the third guy on that team last season. Um, but I think everybody's seen – The transition from freshman year to sophomore year, the way his body transformed, his athleticism really started to shine. We all know he has the shot. Um, Was it just a matter of him not getting enough opportunity? And he's clearly going to get a lot of opportunities with the way that this uh, starting five will be laid out. Um, So I'm excited to see what he's made of and see if he can really elevate and make that jump. That we were kind of hoping to see last season, but we saw sticks really make the jump more than anybody. So I don't know. It's I'm I'm excited, and everybody's got to be excited to see what Mariol's got in the bag. If he can be healthy, if he can play enough minutes to really be a factor. I mean, we saw him in flashes, and we see him in practice. All the time shooting jump shots and kind of stretching out there. And was he seven four? What what's the he's listed at seven two two thirty seven, seven
0: two? Chol is seven so freaking tall. Like walking past him, as I've done a few times, is wild. Like he is so tall, it is just crazy. And like you're around a lot of tall people when you're dealing sure. with athletes, no, he's and he is just a, it's just another freaking level of tall. Just throw that to everybody. Yeah,
2: I I remember going to a couple games last season, and it was just like. I I I was one of the guys at when I was at Maryland that was staying outside Comcast Center. I still call Comcast Center like overnight to get those due tickets or or getting there bright and early so I could get that front row seat against UNC or whatever it might be. And I've seen some tall dudes come through. Um he is I mean, Alex Len was was pretty pretty tall dude. I think he's listed at seven one. He just exudes height he's just he is just a just tall he is a a tall he's one unit of tall (laughs) um so i'm excited he he was injured through all that you know what his his entire prep career really Mm -hmm. and i'm excited to see if this strength and conditioning program that's been top notch arms. Kyle Tarp has been an absolute maestro at building some of these guys out. I mean, Bruno, what a diesel. I mean, he was a big guy coming in, but my goodness, what a I don't know how to how how this will come across, but what a body on that guy. Jalen um, too. Like uh, uh, Jalen too.
1: Jalen had the same thing where their shoulders just exploded after yeah. the freshman yeah. year. Even, yeah, even
2: even guys you wouldn't expect like like Jake Lehman. You know, he 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 built up a little bit and um, even like Mellow Trimble was a, was a little, little flabby when he came in and he came, you know, he, he built out to a good size that could handle a lot of, uh, contact in the paint. And, um, anyways, that's way off track of, I'm excited to see if, uh, Chole can really get some minutes out there and, and, you know, as many as 15, 20, 25 minutes and really be a big difference maker in, in the paint there because, there is no depth in the front court, pretty much whatsoever. I mean, getting Hamilton helps for sure, but they are going to have issues when those guys get into foul trouble for sure. And that's what they're gonna exactly what they're going to try to do is is dry the paint on the on the turps and, and try to force the issue there.
0: Yeah, it's a small team. I do think, um, and I've heard good reviews about Galen Smith. It's wild that we now have a Galen Smith <laughs> after having a Jalen Smith. Um, but apparently, uh, reviews of him would go, but yeah, it will be a team where you see a guy like potentially Hamilton playing the four of the five. I mean, it's going to be just a really small group and you hope that Galen and Shoal can kind of just go back and forth in the minutes at the five. And then you sort of play almost a four wing type of lineup, um, with as kind of a bigger it's, point guard than cowan I it's going to be interesting
2: to see um how they how they match up against those those purdues and those iowas and, and well garza and i mean
0: garza is the guy you think about in kofi coburn for right Illinois. right I mean, guys and are they just legit year after year footers.
2: they've always got seven footers who are physical and the big ten is a physical uh you know both football and and basketball there it's a it's a physical conference and uh Kyle Tarp, he he earns his paycheck every year, and he's definitely gonna gonna have to earn it this year, I guess, with uh, with uh, the way that they're gonna need to beef up a little bit.
1: I didn't know that uh, Chol's cousin was Thon Maker. Correct. Right. I didn't know that, and he also has six. I'm reading obviously his page right
0: now. Sixteen brothers and sisters. There's some wild uh, Chol's stories as well that he's told about that that will at some point he'll talk about about his homeland that I don't want yeah, to get it, into because I don't want to step on him telling these stories, but I've heard some things about Joel Marial that are I, I can take a nice guess as to why his nickname is Lion. Yeah. There's some, yeah. there's some things there. There's some things there for Joel. Um, But yeah, Maryland basketball gets going fun to have. It'll be fun to have Maryland basketball back. It's just nice to have it back. And, and it's funny. You said you haven't heard anything about just in college basketball in general. There really is no hype. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's, it, we're in the heat of the NFL, but there's just – I mean, you don't hear about any of the And maybe because the teams coming back that are kind of the hot teams coming back are like Iowa and Illinois, and they're just not as maybe flashy or interesting. Duke doesn't have a really flashy freshman. The best freshman in the country, Cade Cunningham, is playing for Oklahoma State, who's banned from the tournament. So, I mean, oh, they can't even make the to the tournament.
2: Do, so. you, do you know – are they doing the 24 hours of, of basketball? Didn't they get rid of it, but they might be bringing it back or – I how have they, not heard. The terp, the Maryland
0: Terrapins will not be featured on it, but I have not heard whether they're going to do that.
2: Normally, that's around the
0: Legends Classic, and I don't know if they're doing the Legends Classic. I think they're doing it in split places. I don't know. Like Regardless, I to, Duke's playing at home, and then
2: yeah. – Yeah. Regardless, I am just excited to have it back because uh, there's something comforting about how just just being able to yell – at college basketball refereeing and complaining about it. it's One of my favorite things uh, in the world to do Gene. is complain about basketball refereeing because it is the worst officiating of all the officiating that occurs out there.
1: Your, your boy, Sterator.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, Sterator's, he's a god. Well, he, but I'm yeah, talking about the bet. Carl Hesses of the world. Oh,
0: well, he, he might be done, Carl Hess. King Carl? King, I think King I think Carl. We'll have to, have to ask our. our Good friend of the Maryland media, Patrick Stevens, who is the the chronicler of King Carl and see if he uh, has an update on on his his <laughs> royal majesty at some point here. But yeah, Maryland gets underway uh, next Wednesday. Quick plug to hear the turtle podcast, which I host for the University of Maryland with my guy, Keith. Then we will have Eric Ayala leading into the game on Wednesday. So make sure to uh, and we'll yep. do a little Maryland basketball preview. Where we'll touch on all the storylines we sort of touched on uh, right here. Um, so make sure to listen to that. Eric a very introspective and interesting human being. So make sure to listen to that interview. Speaking of Maryland basketball players, Nick Cainter Medley, person of the week, RDT. Oh, shit.
1: Um, I, ha- I had it. Oh, <laughs> that, oh that's it. a where? Where's my list? No, no, I had it, but I forgot. <laughs> I didn't write it down. I normally write it down. My Nick Cainter Medley, it's going to be, um, we'll go League of the Week. Sure. I think the NHL did a fantastic job with these jerseys. The reverse ooh, retro, ooh. whatever they call them, I think for the most part, a lot of the teams' jerseys are awesome. The the Capitals are great. That that red, the screaming eagle needed to come back. Um, like the team, the Wild, the Sharks, the Ducks, the Flames. A lot of these jerseys, and if you haven't seen them, they've been floating all over. They're here. awesome. They are
2: really. Most cool. of them are are awesome. I. Yeah, it,
3: like I don't Flyers like and- the caps
2: one that much. Oh, I like actually them. I like it. I love the design. I love the white. Um and I like the blue too. They're like the original ones that they had in the 90s and I've wanted I've wanted them back for so long and to get a different format of it is like dissatisfying to me in some way. I thought about the same thing. I do like them as well. I just
0: want them to bring back the original. the original, yeah, I, I, which they haven't done, and I and I, and I objectively I, they're good, but like I wanted want to can't. bring back the black ones with the actual capital. I don't, I do not, I do. I, do. I, do. I, li- I, I like them. I have a I sweatshirt do. with
1: that logo on it. Uh, that is just there's some so MCI
2: Center bullshit <laughs> so good, like man. Brian Sotherby and like oh, oh, there are God. some of the
0: most ridiculous jerseys oh, of good. all time. Oh, I'm looking them up as we go here, but yeah, I agree with you. The reverse retro is kind of fun. It's like, oh my God, the like flyers look the same. The
1: Islanders are literally the same, but for the most part, every Jersey was fantastic. So
2: the Kings and the wild, the wild are are the the best. best,
1: I Mm -hmm. think
2: those are the two best. They're phenomenal. Um, And there's so many good ones. The ducks ones, like they teased the ducks one with the shoulder patch and all that stuff. So you knew it was going to be fire and maybe that's why i don't think it's the best one but if they just put it out there completely from the from the jump i probably would have liked that one best
1: the coyotes with that old school weird coyote like i'm looking at it now it's again it's and it's very rare that like you have all the teams it's like the league just knocked this one out of the park like mlb yeah where they flood
2: new jerseys
1: yeah and like like baseball would have shot themselves in the foot and then ran themselves over if oh, okay. they tried to do something like this. But it's well, – so yeah, the
2: black and the whites. Remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah the for black the, <laughs> and whites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, was, was the player's <laughs> weekend where we'll let you express yourself. Here's an all-black uniform.
2: Yeah, they do it with hats, uniform. too, every uh, Memorial Day and Fourth of July and mm-hmm. where they, like, come up with a different design every year. And you always wear that red one, um, mm-hmm. which I personally, I, I don't care for because it's just not our colors. Like, it's not. But it just looks weird to me. I'm, it just doesn't sit right with me, but – um, I don't know. They is they the, for sure would have screwed it up.
0: Is the Golden Knights a tribute to what a minor league team there or something?
2: I don't know what. I'm backstory. looking at their, I'm
0: looking at the uniform and I'm just like, how did that's they their shoulder
2: it? patch, and so they wanted to get that on on the middle of the sweater at some point. Or are you talking like the bright
0: wet red too? Like, is that what that like, is?
2: It's I'm like looking a, at all
0: the teams that have been around for 45 seconds and seeing what possibly you could reverse retro when they yeah. <laughs> it's like, like when the Rays the, the Rays Rays Seattle Crack throwbacks. Well, we'll see do do the Crack and do something to ode oh, to the Sonics. That would be fun. I don't know what they did, but I I can I don't know if their jersey was
1: one of the jerseys. Now that you mentioned it, That would be so think of cool.
0: that. Cuz the cuz the the Coyotes one kind of has some like Suns feel to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Correct? Seattle has uh has some history to go off of.
0: They do. They do. That is they true. They
2: want – they're the first North American city – or not North American – American city to win the Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah. One um, fact. That is a good fact. That is a good fact. That's a really good one. That one – the reverse retro was fun to watch those all come out. Banks, person of the week.
2: I forgot we were we were doing a uh, Meryl man of the week. Well, that's good. We only Long do it every week, that. so that's a good job by you. No, no, I don't mean, like, <laughs> I forgot that we're doing it. I mean, I forgot that we were in the middle of the segment because we just did went oh, yeah. on we just, about jerseys yeah. for a good five minutes there. Uh, my Maryland Man of the Week is Augusta, Augusta National Golf Club. Mm. Just a phenomenal golf tournament. Like I said before, I pretty much did, did my Maryland Man of the Week already. The course, my biggest thing is that the course, despite giving up a course record or a tournament record to Dustin Johnson, and despite being very gettable uh, Thursday after the rain and pretty much throughout the weekend, But Augusta National sticking its feet in the ground and bullying Bryson DeChambeau around all weekend was a big W for Augusta National. He was talking the trash about the par 67 and yada, yada, yada. And Augusta National stood up, stood its ground, and said, no, no, Bryson. We are all about precision. We're all about class. We're all about Bernard Langer. Guys like him, shout out to him. He's he, he, I guess I make him an honorable mention. Bernard Longer going out there at age sixty-three, making the cut, and beating Bryson DeChambeau straight up is a beautiful thing to see. So
0: that was very very entertaining. Uh, watching that entire thing occur and watching Nick Faldo just laugh at the essentially the entire weekend <laughs> was was pretty tremendous TV. Um, my Nick Caner medley. Uh, person of the week also has to do with that same tournament down in Georgia. And it is Eldrick Tiger woods who took one of the all time, you know, oh, embarrassing scores and then got up, said, I'm not going down this way and got back to shoot 76. I mean, the, and just birdied, I think four out of five coming home, just sensational stuff from Eldrick who doesn't look like he, he can walk half the time. One of my favorite athletes of all time, the Tiger the Tiger Prime is one of the all time great primes in sports history.
2: I think the entire story is what's fascinating. The entire story arc of both the dominance and the fall from grace, the resurgence, the victory last year. And what a what a strange chapter Sunday was.
0: <laughs> Such a strange chapter. But shout out to Eldrick. Shout out to Tiger. The documentary. Oh. documentary that Who's is also bumps. going to come Who's that, that.
2: that is going to be unbelievable
0: we do need him to talk for one of these things he's got to eventually talk for a documentary
2: it's just he he, he, he won't
0: eventually but he, he will won't he'll, do he'll do it eventually he'll do it eventually because he'll the right person will do it it'll be the same as george the eventually right, he will right person will get to him and there'll be an epic tiger woods documentary i mean it's just it is probably just, like Wright thompson yeah, maybe. Wright right. Thompson, by the way, tremendous on those narrations on the ESPN coverage, just absolutely tremendous. I mean, that guy yeah. makes sun splattering. I, I can listen to that guy talk about sun splatter on cars <laughs> all day long. Um, my honorable mentions really quickly. Um, he, he, she might be on yours. Banks, uh, Amanda Balionis. I was going to say, I uh, thought that was going to be banks. Yeah. For making Justin yes. Johnson cry and just for being a tremendous part of CBS's golf coverage.
2: I couldn't um, take all the master stuff. <laughs>
0: And uh, mine is all masters. So because that's really all I did this, this weekend leading up Uh, the masters digital and app and all the ways you can follow that tournament for a tournament that should be roundly criticized for not having the entire thing on TV is not because their digital coverage is so freaking good. And your ability to cater your coverage for whatever you want to see is so awesome. And the functionality is so awesome. And everything they do is so good on their app. That's how you don't get criticized when you do everything really well um, and other sports leagues and coverage teams and all these things Hell, me and us, the university of Maryland take some notes because those guys do a bang up job. So shout out to Augusta national digital efforts. you any honorable mentions for the boys.
2: Yes. Vic okay. Romano and Kenny Blankenship. Those, those names mean anything to you? No, no guy. Ladouche. Guy, I'm getting there. Guy, okay, Guy okay. Ladouche. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Mxc baby. Oh, Mxc. Here we go. Oh no, here we go. Me with uh, that. Uh, I, did you not know where I was going with that? Do you not I, know those I, names? I just, I, I, yeah, yeah. Come on. I, I Mxc. I, I probably should have talked about this a week or two ago. But yeah, you were on MXC this a week ago. Is back on Prime Video. <laughs> one of the more entertaining shows. Really, the writing is like. You couldn't write a show like that now
3: Mm -mm. for for not even close,
2: not even close, but it's really ingenious just to have the entire concept of like, we're just going to make an entire show of dubbing over uh, a Japanese game show from the late eighties and create storylines and
1: characters and both
2: kind of be repetitive with the jokes, but also the jokes land every time (laughs) it's, So good. And, and you get, you get the good mix of like action. You get your sinkers and floaters, you get your log roll. Oh my God. It's just so good. It's such a good show. And I could watch it forever and ever. And uh, Kenny Blankenship's uh, most painful eliminations. What a great way to bring the show home. I love MXC.
1: I, I popped on an episode, I think last Saturday or something, or the Saturday after it got released. And again, I'm I'm giggling like a schoolgirl watching them run up the mountain with the rocks come it's down. So and it was the t- and again, like you said, the writing is fantastic. The teams that they had were Oregon donors versus addicts, and it was just like the commentary, like you said, was was fantastic. Yeah, and and again, the interviews with Guy LaDouche, I mean you couldn't come close to putting anything like that on tv nowadays and like i'm giggling now just like thinking about watching them you, get the soccer balls to the dome can
2: you imagine can, can you imagine the um the pitch meeting to start that
1: oh like, i would have loved where do you where so do like, you
2: even start with with storyboarding that entire thing and they like it had to be the most fun show to make like oh, yeah. you, you, the cost is pretty much just to. I guess acquire the film, and then from there you're just sitting around a table. Okay, like what's the funny storylines that we can make? Okay, we got addicts. We've got the meat handlers. <laughs> yeah, the meat handlers. Yes, I <laughs> heard handlers. that one too. Um, it's so good. It's, it's such a phenomenal show. Uh, if just if you don't know what I'm talking about here, just go to a Prime Video. Type in MXC. It's Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. It is, it's comedy. It's an action show. It's got a little bit of everything. If you want to just turn your brain off and laugh, mm-hmm. you're not going to find much better than MXC. I
1: was going to say, it's a very easy rewatch. Like, it's a very easy put it on the background while you're doing whatever. And, like, you'll look and up and be like, too. wait, what did they say? Yeah, it's, I, I'm right there with you. and I do love how you go from like the tradition and the excellence of Augusta and how everything's perfect, and then it's like, also, this show is <laughs> – off the wall, funny. So, I, I, I really do like your range It's
2: show. also a great theme song.
3: It's very, dun,
1: yep, it's yeah, it's um, it's perfect. It's a perfect show. Um, real quick, I'll do mine. Um, my my honorable mention is the Public Information and Statistics Society. It's pissed. Oh, if you're uh, <laughs> if you're not familiar. These maps that the lights, camera, barstool guys do of America's favorite fast food chains go viral every couple months, and people It's tremendous. It. The fact that people still Jake Paul on his podcast today was ranting about how he's never heard of a Melty's in Ohio, like it's <laughs> it's like clockwork. It's unbelievable the how amount of
0: people seeing like I've never seen a Carl's Jr. in Maryland. Yeah, exactly. Suckers <laughs> <and like,
1: laughs> every fact single that, time. Like, the Chuck E. Cheese being the best in, in Illinois. And Dave like,
0: and Buster's in Florida
1: got me. Fantastic. <laughs> well, it's also like KFC in Georgia and Chick-fil-A in like Alabama. It's, it's, per- and like, it's just perfect. It's, it's, it's amazing. And again, people fall for it every single time. And it just – it never fails to make me laugh. And yet there's always some dude who's – I've never seen a Carl's Jr. in Maryland. This bullshit. This list sucks. And, and it's just – it's perfect. And I'm sure we'll see it again in six months.
0: And people will still be mad. So shout out to the guys at Piss for. Uh, the awesome thing about it is, I don't know if you guys saw Big Ten Network tried to do a legitimate one of yeah. things in the in the Big Ten and had God. Roy Rogers as the Maryland fast food restaurant, which Roy it's Ro- headquartered
2: are, here. Yes, it is, and there are Roy Rogers here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, come on. I mean, the Plumondon companies. I did a, re- a report for my entrepreneurship class on Roy Rogers. Make, make it Royal Farms. <laughs> if you're going to make Pennsylvania, Sheets, and
0: Wawa, just mm-hmm. make Maryland Royal Farms. But it's also like, Mar- like yeah. if yeah. you're Big
1: Ten Network, you're not focusing on Baltimore. It's not like, are there Royal Farms? How many Royal Farms are there in College Park? Like, that's what I'm trying to think of. Like, yeah,
0: the, yeah, they were, I mean, the, the, there is a Wawa. Yeah. There was a Royal Farms. There's a Royal Farms down there. But there's Roy Farms in the Eastern Shore. Like, yeah. where's Roy Rogers? Probably. I mean, there's one in Burtonsville. Could be. Uh, there you go. It may
1: be I mean, Burdens- I'm sure. Probably, Our,
0: it. How about this? Our listeners, if you frequent Roy Rogers at this point anywhere in Maryland, let us know. Tweet at us. I think there's a man on the uh, well, podcast.
2: I, who <laughs> I love Roy Rogers. I don't when know if talking this. When is the last time you've this? gone to a Roy Rogers? Uh, probably... Well, this is—I was—it was on the Jersey Turnpike, but in Maryland, it's been a while because I don't live in Montgomery County anymore. I haven't lived there in three or four years. Well, that's but why I when just I lived there, it was in my rotation for sure.
0: I want to know someone right now that's regularly going to. Roy if Rogers. It, if
2: there was one down the street,
0: Which I don't I'd even be think it's bad. I like Roy Rogers. The times I've been there, way back when, liked it. Good. The Gold Rush Chicken
2: Sandwich is an elite mm-hmm. sandwich.
0: Elite, but need to know now if there's anybody like people are going more Rofo then they're going to old Rui Rogers. I will say
1: COVID has really, really fucked up. I, I went to one probably less than two months ago.
0: <laughs>
3: not having anything the, else? Not having the
1: fixings <laughs> bar, though, is – it sucks. I, oh, you're uh, right. You're I absolutely would, right. I would fill sure. up – like I would ask them for like a jar and just fill it with pickles. And, again, there's no sauces out. There's none of the toppings. So that part – Boom, has, boom sauce. Yeah, the, no boom-boom sauce. No sauce of the month. You know, no. I, it's so true. CNN is not talking about enough. No. <laughs> and again, I know it's very sad. There are people dying. But I know. And we sad. have to think of a fixin's bar.
2: So got to think of a fixin's bar and so the they're, holster they're, fries. They're you can't put fries on a holster in this environment. No. So where, wear your mask so I can this get my boom-boom
0: sauce. This is so good. Olive Garden in New Jersey, Sabara in New York. How anyone thought this is real so – Iowa is in and out. I mean, Denny's is California. Like, how is, does uh, anyone
1: think this is real? I mean, it's just – What crazy. is it? What's the, what's the one that's Rainforest Cafe? Like, that's – I mean, I would
0: Colorado. Think That's Florida. Colorado. It's Colorado. Colorado, yeah.
1: Einstein Bagels in Idaho, it's perfect. Like, it's Tim absolutely Horton, perfect. Tim Hortons in Oklahoma. Oh, it's such a good map. Bubba Gump in Alaska. I don't know what
0: we're talking about. Go to lights, camera, Pod. I think the Barstool Sports Twitter tweeted it today as well. Just to get a, just to get a second run out of that thing, which is smart on their part. I, I posted should. it on my Facebook. And I the think they are it every six
2: months. On
1: it,
0: yeah. People should people should get a. They could get
1: that's a, rise a
2: dangerous out of it. place. Your old high school teachers and Facebook. She oh, she literally God. said, "I've yeah. never yeah.
1: seen a Carl's Jr." Yeah, Peaceful. that's just. <laughs> I mean, that's the
2: perfect place. For I said
1: it's the not. High it's high pissed, high man. They don't. They don't get anything wrong.
0: Um. Just, just, it's just a, it's just an absolute beauty. Long John Silver's. Amazing.
1: There's a, if, again, if you're up at three 30 in the morning and you can't sleep, scroll through those mentions
0: and just
1: <laughs> the, the, the things that people are saying are, it's
0: fantastic. So. <laughs> Chuckie cheese's Chuck Chuck Twitter, Chuck Twitter responded. Shout out Midwest. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <tremendous>. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good job by them. Oh, that's oh, okay. That's enough about that. Uh, I have a rant. Or go off, King, if you guys would like to go first. But I have Floor, I, I got nothing, Floors yours.
2: I, I, I may have one. I was thinking about making it an honorable mention. It depends on how I twist it. So go, go rant, and I'll, maybe I'll do my rant.
0: All right. This may be associated with what you're thinking. Um these, f- these fans that attacked <laughs> Matt Skura, stop rooting for the team. Oh, I, want, stop, I did want to get to stop, that. Stop rooting for the team. Stop rooting for You're done. Stop rooting for the team. If you – and that comes from someone that went after Matt Skura on our show for not being able to snap the football because that's his job and he couldn't get it done. But going after the guy's family and even like going after that dude, like, like, like aggressively with like, like, what are we doing? I I just don't understand this. This goes into another topic, which is a topic for another day, but which is super fans of colleges tweeting at high school kids, Mm -hmm. which is one of my least favorite things that happens besides adult autograph seekers for college kids. That's my least favorite thing. Oh my God. And we can go – that's another – I'll go off <laughs> about that some other time after working in college baseball for a while, watching these clowns come up to Mike Schworn when he's – in a binder full of cards. Hey, hey, can you sign this card that I made? They get a printer. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Just absolutely awful. But just – you shouldn't be a fan of the Ravens if you're going to go after Matt he, or Matt Skura's family, his wife. I mean, I don't know if anyone's read the stories here. Um, his wife came up with him in a caravan to make sure that he – didn't miss the birth of his kid and got to camp on time. Jameson Hensley put in a story today. I mean, this guy who's an undrafted rookie has worked himself into this position. I had no problem with anybody criticizing what he did on the field on Sunday because he he failed. He didn't get what right he – rain or not, he didn't get it done. But for people to attack people's families, and it happens way too much. I mean, it just happens. Mm-hmm. The, the vitriol people spew on social media, someone that, you know, thank me for my service manages social media accounts that tweet about athletes and things. And you see this stuff for college kids. I can only imagine what pro athletes here. It's awful. People need to stop doing it. People need to stop going after people's families. People need to just stop. Like, why can't people just like, this is such like a simple thing to say, but just be a good person and express your frustration amongst yourselves. And even if you want to tweet at the guy, I don't think you should, but even if you want to, say, like, oh, Matt, why couldn't you just get it done? Like, you cost us the game. All right. Batsker came out and said that he essentially cost the team the game in the statement. They said he would do better. But to go after the guy's family, like, you should be banned from being a fan. Like, they should be able to hunt you down and say – and just take apart the part of your brain out that enjoys <laughs> sports and not let you enjoy it anymore because you're a bad person. And if anybody to the sh- that listens to this show did that, stop listening to this show. You're wow. out. You're gone, and if you do, and if you did before that, and you did this. I, I hope, I hope that you can take on any pleasure you got out of listening to this, because you're a bad person. Jeez, you're a bad person. People God. should not do that. Um, 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 I I'm When I saw Skur's statement, I'm just disgusted by it. It's just too much. It's and it's happened to athletes at all levels. It's filtering down to high school now with the glorification of high school sports. Stop, stop it. That's what I got.
2: That's that my good. Goal. No, nice. I mean, it, it's spot that on. I was um, I'm tired of it. Yeah, Don Mattingly getting ejected. Dot gif on you, just tossing, tossing them out of the club. You're Boom. gone.
0: Boom. You're gone. You're gone. I'm tired of you. I love it. No more on that. Man and we have great listeners. We we have great listeners. So I'm assuming it's none of those people and the people that like tweeted us and thank us for for whatever and, and sending questions. So I assume it's no one that listens to this show. All reasonable good people. But if you do, you're out. Thanks.
2: Uh, just to follow up on that note, um, shout out to Matt Wise, yes. uh blogger at uh, Draft Guy, Draft Aficionado, Russell Street Report. Uh, he had the idea of kind of flipping the narrative on its head here and uh, getting Baltimore together and donating to Matt Skura's foundation or the, the foundation at which he, he has a, uh, a passion for, and that's the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. If you go to at the Matt wise, uh, this account, the exit 52 podcast account has retweeted it. I've retweeted it. Um, just he suggested if everyone, uh, here in Baltimore, Ravens fans, whatever, just donate $1, uh, you know, we would blow away the fundraising goal that Scura has come up with. And that was, that was $5,000. And last time I checked, it was over 10,000 and it's counting it's, uh, climbing. So if we can keep donating and keep, uh, Turning what was a bad thing actually we're not at 10k we're just short of it so um
3: i was gonna say i donate
2: a... and uh keep a good thing going here that would be great uh really just kind of change the storyline here of what was a pretty disgusting thing as taylor very well laid out and uh ranted on
3: matt at seven
1: o'clock said they were a hundred less than 150 away from hitting 10k so i'd assume it's 10 o'clock now i i think that there there's a chance that they're over 10k it, you may be looking at an updated one but yeah that's yeah, Another shout player. out
0: to him for bringing light to that. That was I saw that earlier today, and that's that's a really good job by him to bring that to the table. Um, yes. For a guy like Skura, who by all accounts seems like a very good guy, also coming off a brutal knee injury, like brutal, and he was an undrafted player. Like the career he's made for himself yeah. is awesome, and it's weird for me to say this coming off the Sunday where I kind of got after him, but it's just like I, it's just very. I mean, and the funny part is the Ravens' great fan base. I mean, there's so many great fans in this town that support the team greatly and, and are loyal to the players but if you're in that percentage that that does stuff like that i mean you just you just you just gotta do, go do something else in your life and it's also because
1: someone even posted i saw i think monday yesterday or Mo- monday morning whatever someone had posted from like uh, an instagram page like lamar fans and they had messaged him saying you know oh you suck screw you blah 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 and scurr responded and was like yeah i'm sorry like i'm sorry about last night it was rough you know i'll do better and then of course what does the guy say when Matt responds, Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking, man. I love you. You know, you're, you're my favorite. And it's like, again, you, no one is going to say that to his face. No, this yeah, second everybody's a, around a real
2: fucking tough guy, the keyboard warriors.
1: And yeah, again, a- again, the second you would never think to say that to a guy like that, to anyone, if, if you're in the same room with them, because again, this, and you see it all the time, the second that person responds, Hey man, I'm just joking. Can I get a picture or, or Hey, can I get an autograph? And yeah. it's like, no, you, you know, the, the keyboard. And again, like you said, I'm sure the college—it was disgusting when people do it to the 18-year-old kids sitting at a table in their high school with 14 hats on a table. And now that it's going down like younger than that, it's—it's it's ridiculous. It's—it's it's insane because again, it's like the, they're people too. They have a, they go on their—they go on without their, their throughout their week like you do. And again, everyone has shitty days. Like no one's sitting in your cube at the second you screw up, you know, yelling at you, telling you how much you suck. So
0: yeah, pe- people.
1: People are trash.
0: It's an extended conversation for another day and can't mention the kid's name because of, you know, working at Maryland. But there was recently a kid that decided not to attend Maryland for potentially for football and went a different direction, which is his decision and and totally fine. And the attacks on this individual are just insane. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And those Maryland fans that did that, see ya. I don't want to, I'd never want to hear from you either. Like stay away. Like, it, yeah, it's the Mattingly, boom, you're gone. Like, be just be reasonable. I mean, people are making life decisions and this is affecting their lives and you can criticize the play on the field. I don't think any of these people that put all these – People that perform at this high level put so much pressure on themselves to perform well. They have, I think, no problem if you criticize them for their field. But to go out to people's families or go off their decision making, you know, unless someone's doing something awful, like that clown who I used to support, Antonio Brown, he's breaking,
3: you know, <laughs> stuff.
0: It. No, I, I don't think they got but, the right guy there. That doesn't sound like. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Antonio. No. But uh, Skura, just just tough. That just really that really annoyed me on on Monday. Even coming off of, of criticizing the guy. Um, but yeah, awesome that his, his, um, his charitable cause is being supported. That's really, really cool. Yep. So great stuff there and make sure everyone goes and does that, um, goes and supports Matt Skura while you're on those social media channels. You should follow the X 52 podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, I don't know why you wouldn't already. Maybe it's your first time X Fifty Two podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow banks at Barstool banks for the best Ravens coverage on the internet and the best golf coverage on the internet um, over on that feed at Barstool banks. You can follow RDT E D I T T I 22 on Twitter. If you would like to get your Titans perspective on this weekend's game, you can follow me at Taylor, Smith 10. Like I said, if you would like Maryland basketball hit up here, the turtle, you can listen to the, hear the turtle boys, me and Keith Sten talk to Eric out. That's enough for the X 52 podcast this week, RDT and banks. Thanks for the time. Good stuff. Titans, Ravens this weekend, the exit 52 podcast bowl. We should have had like some punishment. Maybe we'll through the rest of the week and we can try to establish what one of us has to do. We have to wear Titans gear, Ravens. You have to wear Ravens gear or something. I don't know. We'll figure it That's out. That's really original
2: stuff. That you just yeah. Came
0: well, up with. I, you were coming up with on the flat end of the show where, you know, you know, we're riffing and robbing here. Uh, we'll figure something out. That's it for the show. We'll see you next time. Instant <laughs> analysis. Uh, someone will be happy either me and banks or RDT. Someone's going to be happy on the show on Sunday. We'll see who it is. See you then.